Hello, hello. Welcome to Lesbians or Miracles. We're back. We are back. We are in action. Jill's cat just bit my hand. <laughs> she is feisty tonight. She is feisty tonight. It's a new moon. It's Pride Month. Mm-hmm. Happy sh- Pride Month. Happy Pride Month. The shorts are out. The legs are on parade. My jorts are out and uh, these these gams are on parade. Your flannels <laughs> are polished. Absolutely. And we are ready to do this damn thing. Yeah. So being that it's Pride Month, you might think, oh, well, they're going to do a World Pride episode. Wrong. Uh, <laughs> well, it's not this episode. But... What we're doing today is a topic that's very near and dear to our hearts. I mean, all of our topics are very near and dear to our hearts, but this one particularly is one that um, I can't believe we haven't done already, and it is... Dyke bars! Dyke bars! Oh yeah, like my favorite place to be, pretty much. Favorite place to be, favorite sort of... It's such a particular space, and there are so many common characteristics, I think, amongst them, and then things that make each one of them so different, and I think, hopefully, well, I don't think maybe every dyke has a dyke bar story, because dyke bars are not everywhere. They're barely in this booming metropolis that we are so lucky to live in. Dyke bars are a distinctly endangered species, which is why this episode, you know, we'll probably be talking about more than dyke bars, because if we just talk about dyke bars, it would be like, one, two, three, over, bye. Exactly. Or we'll just talk about Cubbyhole for like two hours straight, which we, we might do anyway. But and Y'all have definitely heard us do that before. But one interesting thing that I've been thinking of is I wonder sort of how dyke bars are mythologized or if they are sort of mythologized or fantasized about by queer women who live in other places and don't necessarily have like access to a dyke bar in their neighborhood but know that they're out there and if they don't like you know I think we're so lucky to have those as social outlets and what do you do when they're not around and sort of how do you fill that gap of having like a queer inclusive space to go to and hang out yeah I mean I remember like the first time I ever went to a gay bar, not even a lesbian bar, like a gay bar. Which gay bar? What was your uh, first gay bar? Well, you know, this I could tell this story in two parts because I, I do separate it. There's okay. my first gay bar and then my first lesbian bar. It wasn't a lesbian bar, I don't think, that was a lesbian night. Okay. And uh, my first gay bar was the club Paradise in New Jersey. And it's, it's, uh, it's pretty well known. It's in Asbury Park, New Jersey, which is kind of like, the, the gayest place in New Jersey, and um, it, and it has been for quite some time. It's like kind of in the tri-state area. Yeah. I mean, it's notoriously gay. Yeah, and so there's this big grand hotel that's been there forever, the Empress, and uh, it has uh, the, the gay club, Paradise, and uh, I remember going with uh, my gay best friend, and it was just like, whoa and like just the the gay bars in asbury were were interesting the time when i started going to them there was paradise which was like the big clubby club Uh with like you know foam and just like like pools and people like volleyballing it's funny that you say that because that might have been my first gay bar but i was still in the closet then (laughs) and my friends and i were seeing mo in asbury park (laughs) and didn't have a hotel room and there ended up being a random one at the emperor's and we checked in not knowing where the fuck we were what the fuck 
fuck it was and looked out the window and there were just like tons of shirtless men like playing volleyball in the pool and drinking yep. frozen drinks and shit. <laughs> Go on. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that sums up Paradise and the Empress. And then there was another bar called Circuit, which like, oh, clever name. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, and that was the one I think I liked the most because it was like a bar and it had dancing, but it wasn't like totally like insane like paradise and there mm-hmm. were like i think that's where like m- the most there there were there were women at Cir- circuit every now and then and then there's georgie's which was like gay yes. cheers i think they yes. actually call themselves gay cheers I, I don't think i made that up and they and that's like someone's gay aunt's basement like carpeted basement totally <laughs> i don't Everybody's think it's carpeted but it feels from carpeted. the beach yeah doing yeah. karaoke melissa etheridge karaoke melissa etheridge karaoke like greasy ass shitty french fries oh my yeah. god and my first my first lesbian bar i made out with somebody at george's once <laughs> did you yeah isn't that wild that's cool i never have really yeah she was cute nice i i never i don't know i never got down with the jersey dice never got you an asbury park les no never no? don't tell your mother we're cool for the summer girl <laughs> 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 the first, my first lesbian bar, or again, I think it was like a lesbian night, which you know is a thing that because counts. there aren't many yeah. lesbian bars. It was for sure. like I was very young. I had just, just, just come out of the closet, and my best friend was like, "Oh, cool, you're gay." So it's my roommate, and come up next weekend, we're gonna go to a gay bar, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, like okay, like yeah. sure," and I was all excited and so nervous. It was called Lover Girl. You were nervous. Did you like pick out your outfit? Oh, of course I did. Do you did. remember what you wore? Oh, oh, yeah. I kind of do, and I don't want to say it, but I'm gonna say it. <laughs> sorry for putting on the spot. I'm not sorry. It's at okay. All. I, I, it was a transitional period in both like fashion <laughs> when, and was sexuality. Was it when you were like a femme lesbian? It, yeah, I was kind of transitioning oh out. Oh my god, of it. did you wear yeah. a tube top? No, no. It was it was after the tube top phase. It was post tube top yeah. era. Just a note for everyone listening. I had I had a brief tube top era that I showed Leah. I think we've I was talked like, about it. Have we? Or we might not. have. I don't yeah. know. But like, if you see pictures of me from a particular year, I look like a young Cher kind of. I didn't have like you the tube really top, do. the long like straight hair parted yeah, in the middle, those like the tan. Eyes. And it's so wild because like <laughs> your entire demeanor and carriage and like presentation of yourself is so different like so much deeper than the way that you dress in those photos like you're just <laughs> serving like a totally different you yeah I don't know what was going on in my head but that I night, mean you looked good Thank anyway you. yeah I was I was I, I was I was I was trying something on it, it sure. didn't work no uh, doubt we've been there that night I was wearing a purple polo shirt oh no <laughs> was the collar popped it may have been. It was totally popped. Yeah. Shit, girl. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. What was your hair in a ponytail? No, no. It was. It was down. My my long locks were were flowing in the breeze. And so yeah, the three of us, my my straight best friend and her lesbian roommate, went to Lover Girl, and we were by far the youngest ones there. And I was just like terrified. I remember. I were was, y'all underage or just no, of age? We were like newly. 21 I think and I like everything about the experience terrified me I remember like going to the bar terrified me ordering an Amstel light terrified me you're like like Jenny Schechter at the planet 
like so timid. Oh yeah, like, it completely timid. And if like there had been a marina, like I would have like run for the hills screaming because I wouldn't have known what to do with myself. Sure, I felt you like you would have offered yourself up as prey. No, I I was not there yet, but I was not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> I was not yet to the point when I would offer myself up as prey. I mean now, but <laughs> for predatory women. <laughs> And uh, it just, I remember seeing all these older dykes who are probably like 10 years younger than I am no now. No shit, right? Yeah. But I just remember they, they seemed so old and confident and just like that they should be Serving there. Serving energy. Yeah. And I felt like they were all like staring at me like, what is she doing here? Totally. Like she doesn't belong here. And uh, so I was terrified and the three of us were just kind of like huddled up terrified the entire night and then I ended up making out with my best friend's roommate who was there you know the, the other lesbian oh, yeah. that I came and with. then you dated her for yeah, like and then some that was, years and that was my first girlfriend so that's how You're like so that story gay. becomes even more of a cliche yeah exactly <laughs> so what's your your so story? wait that was your first gay party that was my first lesbian bar lesbian, lesbian party lesbian yeah. bar lesbian party lover girl early 2000s New York City god or I maybe mid 2000s whatever that anyway. was New York City I don't remember the first gay bar I went into because I want to qualify it by saying I'm sure I went into gay bars when like I was in the closet and I was so deeply repressed that like I wasn't even forming memories and like you know have like a very vague recollection of that but I remember when I first moved to New York um, I was living on the Upper West Side and my uncle lives in Greenwich Village and he was like helping us move or showing us around or something and we drove by Cubbyhole in a taxi I was like shit 24 I had just turned 24 um and he pointed it out to me and I had just come out then um and said that was where all the dykes hung out and I remember just like like beholding it like standing in awe of this place and you know like I thought about going there so often but I actually cannot pinpoint in my head the first time I ever went to Cubbyhole, but I can pinpoint like the first time we as a group started to like sort of, it started to feel like home for us. But I don't know like when I first entered those doors. I do know that it was before I met you and like our like queer family now, but it's it's vague in my head. Yeah, I don't remember my first time at Cubbyhole. It's weird because I remember my first time at Ginger's. I remember my first time at Henrietta Hudson. I, you do? I, yeah. I think I might even remember my first time at Metropolitan. I remember my first time at Ladies' Night in Metropolitan, and I remember my first time at The Woods. So remember they used to have parties on Wednesdays? Ladies, late, wait, The Woods? Well, Metrop- okay, so Metropolitan had a Ladies' Night on Wednesday for the Wednesdays. longest time, yes. and then The Woods had a ladies' night on a Wednesday for the longest time, and I think they still do. They still do. Okay. I believe so. I, th- I, I just stopped woods- going because I'm fucking old. Yeah, I think the woods kind of just like, you know, people stopped going to Metro on Wednesdays, started going to the woods, and then Metropolitan was like, okay, never mind. Oh, we're so done. they don't have the party anymore? Oh, no. It's been it's been oh, a few years now. Oh, the woods took it over. Yeah. I and, see. And that's, and that's an interesting thing to talk about because we're talking about gay bar versus gay night. Yeah. And the thing is, there are so few lesbian bars. Like, just speaking about New York City, there's three. Sure. The Woods is not a lesbian-specific bar. They just have a lesbian night. Right. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and so it, it, it's even, you know, it clouds this conversation up 
because even though there aren't any lesbian bars now, I think there are a lot more queer nights that are more inclusive. Totally. Um, Like intersectional for sure. I mean, the community and like the dialogue around um, intersectionality and inclusivity has like changed a lot even over the course of seven years. But the dyke bars that are in New York, I think, I mean, it's interesting because they're each so different yeah. onto themselves. And they're both really important to me. That's the thing. I don't I don't all see them as like them. diametrically opposed. I don't think no, it's like either like, oh, a queer night or a lesbian bar. Oh, or, sure. You know, like I, I think they're both important and they both Have, serve like, important purposes and they both mean a lot to me personally. And... I think it gets talked about, like, where, where have all the, the lesbian bars gone? And there are many, many different uh, explanations that are given. Some have to do with more widespread acceptance yeah. of gays and lesbians. Um, so they can just go out in other places and, and aren't criminalized as they were. You know, they don't really have to hide as much. So there aren't these, like... Which is, like, true and not true. There's like a certain, and this is sort of an interesting thing that we can talk about now or later, but like there's a certain like level of comfort that you feel specifically, that I feel as a lesbian identified woman in like a lesbian specific bar that I don't know if I feel anywhere else on earth. Yeah. And it's like, then I wonder if like, do straight people feel like this all the time? Because there's almost like a certain, and an, like, there's like this sense of inclusivity and belonging. And then this also like really healthy sense of anonymity. Like you can make out with your girlfriend, which just also happens in just like broadly gay bars. But I think in lesbian bars, it's even more just like, it feels like this space that was like crafted for this very small subset of the community. And like, it's almost like you don't realize how small it is or realize what it takes in order for you to just feel like completely comfortable and at home until you're in that space. And you're like, oh, this is different because this is not like anything else I've experienced. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. I agree with that. Um, I, I, and that's one of the reasons why it is sad when you see these places going away because it's, there's, there's something to be said for a, a set like concrete, like a building, like yes. a building physical that you space. always, yeah, exactly. Like that you static always, physical space. Yeah. It's not a night. Like you don't have to clear your schedule. It's not like, okay, Wednesday night. And it, and it has anyone ever noticed that it's always like the queer, like, you know, like it's, it's why do we get the fucking we have to work too. Always. Like, yeah. We'll, we'll be more flexible about it. Probably. Well, but... I think you can think like capitalism and the fact that like, sure, sure. You know, they don't, we, our demographic, is not seen as uh, one that goes out a lot, which is another reason. And not, oh, not yeah, seen as like one that throws down the big bucks, which is another reason. One that makes a lot of money, which is another reason. You know, there's yeah. a lot. There's a lot going on there. And uh, but I then think, oh, oh sorry. sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just I was just running through all these reasons. I think one of the other ones is dating apps. Yeah, for sure. The, you had no choice but to go. You know, there are these spaces where if you're in a new town. Where am I going to go to meet someone? Bam, there you are. Now it's, okay, let me download this app on my phone. Yeah, I think technology has sort of decentralized everybody like in a bunch of different ways, but especially with regard to like the establishment and the preservation of a space. And I think, you know, what makes places like Cubbyhole and Henrietta's and Ginger's and also, I mean, to, you know, bring World's Pride into the conversation, also obviously places like Stonewall is that they carry such a like... 
I mean, Stonewall carries such a rich, deep, important history for, like, all of the queer community, but places like Cubbyhole and Ginger's carry, like, a rich, you know, history as a lesbian bar in New York, and then to people personally. And there are so few places, you know, that, like, you can, like, feel, like, the soul vibrations within the walls from being there. And that, to me, is, like, what separates a lesbian bar or a queer bar from, like, a queer party is just, like, the sense of, like, history and you know things that have happened within those walls to other people and to you add such like a layer to the experience yeah there's something hallowed about it yes that's like the word and the concept i was searching for exactly there's sacred ground exactly exactly so but i will say like when i first moved to new york oh this is we Jill and I were like listing all the queer parties because we wanted to bring them up. I can't believe I forgot about Hot Rabbit. But oh, like yeah. when I first came here, it was like Hot Rabbit, um, the Woods on Wednesdays, and then Metropolitan Bar on Wednesdays. And those three things were like my real introduction to like queer culture and lesbian culture, especially coming from Rhode Island and having recently come out and not been exposed to any of that. So when I encountered like all of that stuff before, I really like you know, fell in love with the cubbyhole. Um, those were like my super formative experiences here and just like opened my eyes up to like all of these different like ways of being um, for other people and for myself. Yeah, I always wonder like in other people's cities that like don't have uh, specific lesbian bars, you know, how, 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 how does that work? Mm-hmm. And like... Like when I go away on a business trip, if I go away for work, usually I'll go to like a larger city maybe. And if it's one I haven't been to, you get into town, you get in your hotel room and you know. I'll Drop that suitcase off. Yeah, yeah. And I'll hop on the Google and uh, I'll, I'll, I will Google like lesbian bar like Portland or like lesbian yeah. bar Oakland. You know, not not like lesbian bar like East Bumble, Missouri. Yeah. Like, and You're like, throw me a bone here, please. And every single time that I ever did that, you see like Yelp and it's like, like I'll see a result pop up and it's like, oh, and I'm like, yes. And then like I read, it's like, been closed since 2012. Yes. I'm like, motherfucker. I know. That <laughs> happened to me and Nikki in Indianapolis when we were there for like this real estate conference that one of my authors was giving and we made the uber go all the way to the lesbian bar because google didn't even fucking say it was closed and then there were just like literal tumbleweeds blowing in front of it so we like uh shifted gears and went to this amazing drag performance and it was so cool to be in a gay bar in indianapolis and like experience a drag performance there versus in new york you know people were i don't know i guess it's just like I don't want to say smaller, but the amount of people there were like, it was definitely a smaller crowd. And I don't know. Um, it was just really special for what it was. Just like, I think experiencing a gay community in a different city is like always something that is interesting and fun and new to try to do. Yeah, I've, I, I, I always try to do that and I never, I never really succeed. I don't know. Not even like just a gay bar. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's because I'm like traveling. Usually when I'm traveling for work, I'm traveling by myself. 
Yeah. So, like, the thought of, like, I don't want to, like, walk into the wrong gay bar, you know? Like, I don't want to walk sure. into, like, a all leather daddy gar, yeah. bar, you know? And, like, yeah, all yeah. these guys are like, what? Hey, girl, I'm like, what, what are you doing, yeah. you know? Because that could happen. For sure. And then it's, like, the other thing of, like, oh, I'll be like, okay, fine. How about lesbian party? Like, I'll Google that. And, like, there must be a queer night. Oh, and it's, like, yeah. And, it, and it's the same thing that happens in New York where it's, like, okay, there's, like, one, and it's, like, the third Tuesday of the month. And I'm like, well, I'm not fucking here the third yeah. Tuesday of the month. I was actually in San Francisco for work and there was this lesbian bar that had just opened called Jolene's. And I went to a lesbian party there. And I think like, I don't know that I was intimidated, but like, I think I was on weird footing because it wasn't my city and I was by myself. Like usually when I'm in a lesbian bar specifically, like I'm surrounded by a posse and it was just weird being there alone. So I kind of like got a drink and like bumbled through it and then just as quickly like ran out into the rain and took a car back to my hotel and ordered room service. <laughs> but it looked really fucking popping. If you're ever in San Francisco, check out Jolene's and the Mission if you're looking for like a fun lesbian bar. There's one for now that you can kind of count on. I hope you survive and thrive. It kind of reminded me of the Dalloway in New York. Yeah, that was around for like Five minutes. A hot minute, yeah. I, open, and it was like Kim Stoltz, that one lesbian from America's Next Top Model, who I think opened the Dalloway with her girlfriend. Oh, really? I'm nearly positive, yeah. She like moved to New York and is now some kind of like in, investor. Oh. But that, I thought, I thought that her. place was cute. It was obviously, it was obvious somebody suck, sunk a shit ton of money in it <laughs> and then couldn't draw a crowd. I, I went there once, maybe twice, and I like I appreciated what it was trying to be. You know what I mean? Sure. Like I was like, okay, I, I see what you're doing. I yeah, see yeah. what you're trying to do. It was almost like a more of an LA-ish place. It was like fancy, uh, I don't know. Maybe I just don't know those kinds of well, lesbians because they they're like, like fancy rich Manhattan lesbians yeah, also. Yeah. Like, we are a little bit more on the grungy side, <laughs> to yeah. be clear. I'm like, when is the pizza being delivered to Cubby Hole? And, yeah. And get me another PBR, please. Exactly. <laughs> I have like three crumpled singles in my pocket. Like, this should cover it. <laughs> yeah, I did I did have fun when I went, though. And and there was a pretty decent-sized crowd there, which so that I was surprised yeah. when it closed because I was like, oh, okay, because like... If the decent sized crowd couldn't sustain this, then yeah. like, ooh, like, I bet the rents were so. It was, I mean, it wasn't. Yeah, wasn't Soho. it like in Soho? Yeah. yeah, like the location was ridiculous. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> but like, you you were talking about going to this place in San Francisco and being like a little intimidated mm-hmm. because you were on your own, and yeah. I I think that's a really common experience to anyone any lesbian that has ever walked into a dyke bar on their own i've experienced it you've experienced it it's interesting because we um put a question on our instagram story um just asking what people might want to hear about uh under the umbrella of dyke bars and somebody said like I am not from New York. I live in the Midwest. How do I cross the threshold of a lesbian bar by myself? And like, it's not just like somebody not being from here where that would be an intimidating situation. Like, I just think it's generally intimidating for everybody, especially if you're alone. Yeah, I like, I I wish that I could like, 
open my mouth right now and have the best advice ever just flow out and and, and say like, so this is how you do it. Yeah. This is how it's done. And right. follow my instructions totally. and everything will be great. But I can't. I still every now and then will get uncomfortable. Like even when I go to cubbyhole sometimes by myself, like I'm comfortable doing it and I do it. I, I do it. Yeah. Like often enough. Sure. And and the thing is, some nights... Usually just waiting for someone. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Some nights, it's great. Like, I have had... Like, I had a random day. I was in Manhattan at a friend's, like, birthday party on a Saturday. And I had, like, time to kill before I needed to be somewhere else. So I was like, okay, let me stop in Cubbyhole. Uh-huh. And I... Love that. Yeah, I was going by myself. I, I love to... when you casually stop in Cubbyhole. Whenever you tell me that, I'm like, oh, that's so endearing. <laughs> <laughs> I had nowhere else to be, and I had no one I was meeting there, but I was like, you know, what I, the fuck? I feel comfortable enough to do this, Yeah, and I did, and it was so much fun. I made, like, so many friends. Like, it was... I bet, because you had, like, no expectations for the night, probably. I wonder if that had something to do with it. I don't know what it was, because not too long after I was there waiting for some friends to arrive, and they, like, <laughs> took, like, two hours longer than they were meant to. Yeah. So I was just, like, there, and, like... Got myself, like, a stool, like, way in the back and was just, like, sitting, looking at my phone, sitting. And then, like, I was like, okay, put your phone away and, like, chill. Like, make yourself available or what, yes, what have you. for sure. And it was awkward. It was really awkward. There were group... There was, like, a group of women. Well, that was why it's... I think that's part of the reason why it's awkward. It's, like, the pack mentality. Yeah. And, and we ourselves, when we're with a, a group oh, we, of friends... Yeah. We, we're and, perpetrators of pack, lesbian pack mentality. And I try not to do that because I think about how uncomfortable... Like, I want to be totally, like, welcoming. You totally. know, like, like, if any any listeners spot me in Cubbyhole, come say hi. I yeah. might I might, I might seem shy at first, but I promise I'm, I'm very friendly. Yeah. I think it's a double-sided coin. Like, you know, you're so glad and grateful to have, like found the or to not have found but like to have the friends you have and like you want to go out and like celebrate just like you know queer culture and like being able to even be in a gay bar in the first place with them so like you go out with them and then the opposite side of that is you are less inclined to talk to other people because you're just there with your friends yeah and and there can be like it it depends on the vibe too like it I don't know what changes the vibe, but sometimes the vibe, you know, you'll see these groups and there's, it's intimidating. You might feel like a little clickiness. How and, do I penetrate this? Yeah. It's, it's, How some, do I penetrate Some groups this? of women can seem impenetrable. <laughs> impenetrable. I was hoping you would say impenetrable. <laughs> <laughs> some women can indeed seem impenetrable. Some women mm. don't like being penetrated. No, that's true. And that's valid as fuck uh yeah and 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 so there are all these variables that go into an experience in a dyke bar and i think usually i'd I'd say more people are more friendly than one would think yes but it's not it's not 100 guaranteed that's true and there can be they can be intimidating at first and like one thing that surprised me, and I'm just going to say this and then change the topic, and I think it's a good segue into the next topic, but, like, when I was a baby dyke, is that, like, sometimes, or not sometimes, like, women can be just as predatory as men. Oh, And yeah. I think that's, like, an interesting thing to discover, especially when you think you're in a safe space and you are in a safe space and, like, people can broach that. Um, but 
enough about that. What I want to know, and maybe you've told me this story personally or in a past episode, but like, what is your wildest dive bar experience that you are willing to share on this podcast? Or like one that just jumps out at you. I know everybody has heard and loves the mattress girl story. Oh yeah. Well that, I guess that would be the, the one. I don't know. Um, I mean, there, I've had a lot of interesting fun nights and, um, you know, I, I this is kind of, I think this, this is more of a PG one, Yeah. but it's still funny. Um, I met up with an ex recently for the first time in a long time on, on purpose, you know, and, on purpose. Well, you know, I mean, it was, it was, you know, there was, there was space given on purpose and sure. then, and then the meetup happened to, you know, meet up and close the space. Yeah. Yeah. On purpose, you know, it was it like, was intentional. Yeah, there it was an intentional meetup. Yes, and uh, and it was fine, but it was just it was just so funny seeing like women at the bar reacting to her and people coming up to us and asking if we're together. Like there was a a woman who came up. She's like, "Are you guys a couple?" And we were like, "No, really, <laughs> yeah, that's awkward as fuck." Yeah. I mean, I guess that's not really what you're asking for, but it was one of those things where it was like just such a dyke bar moment because it was like she went to the bar and like got got hit on by someone and like came back to me and told me about it. Ugh. And then like then people, someone came up to us and was just like, oh my God, are you guys a couple? And uh-huh. we we're like, no. And then she left and I like ended up getting some other girl's number. Oh, good for you. And, and it was like a perfect pivot because I was yeah. just, because like, like she left and I was just like, all right, I'm going to stick around. Oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> and uh, and I ended up, like, again, it was one of those nights where, like, there were lots of friendly people there. So I just, like, talked to, like, a few different people that I had met that night. I met a bunch of people that night. And um, it was a great segue. Like, oh, I was just, you know, I just met up with my ex for the first time in mm-hmm. a long time. Like, that was that was funny. And then, like, that's a, you know, a good segue to begin conversation. And some girl gave me her Hell number. yeah. And maybe even get to get somebody to buy you a drink. Not that you need that. But I did. It's I had always a, cute when know, it happens. I had a couple women buy me drinks. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so that was a funny experience. I don't, I don't know what's yours. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I have one that stands out, and I'm gonna think about it. But like, what I really want to say right now, because it's top of mind for me, and I will forget, is I don't know if I've like ever approached a woman in a bar and then like hey, like, what's your number? Not that I don't think anybody really does that anyway without talking to somebody first. Or or do they? Or is that just something I don't do? Okay. Because, like, I definitely... Okay. So, like, I... And I think this is, like, common and maybe it's just me and you can, you know, tell me if you think I'm right or wrong. But, like, I've definitely sat at, like, lesbian bars and, like, cruised people. And I've definitely sat at lesbian bars and have been cruised. But I personally have never... I don't know if I've ever picked anyone up. No, that's a lie. <laughs> but it like happened really quickly, you know? Okay. It I... was like I bumped into them. Not like saw the... I oh, didn't see them from across okay. the room. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Your yeah. eyes didn't meet across the, no. the smoky bar, even though people haven't smoked in bars. No, in like ma'am. It was during Pride, though. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. That's well, all... yeah. And there's been some like... I've had some like crazy situations in dive bars and outside of them during Pride Weekend specifically. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I mean in that's New York. that's the time. Um, yeah, I've I've been picked up. Uh, You've been picked up. I mean, I, I haven't been hit on, but I don't think I've ever gone home with someone. 
I have. Uh, I I had someone somewhat recently like come up to me, like I was in the I was there with a couple friends, and I was in the bathroom, and I walked out of the bathroom, and like <laughs> literally, like the moment I walked out of the bathroom, this 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 woman comes up to me, and goes, "Hey, are you with them?" and like points to my two friends, and and I was like, I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm with yeah my friends, I'm with them," and she's like. Oh, you guys are all together? Like, th- asking, like, if we're a thruple? Oh, my God. Are I, you kidding? No. And I was just like, oh, no, they're a couple, and I'm friends with them. Oh, was it the Botex? Yeah. Shout out to <laughs> yeah, the Botex. Hey, girls. Hey um, girls. And, uh, sh- and so the, this, this woman was like, oh, good. Can I buy you a drink? Oh, yes. I love that. And I was just so like. So assertive. Yeah, it was very assertive. And oh, I, God. And I, I love it. And I found it. I, I found it attractive. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she bought me the drink, and then of course she did. What kind of drink? Um, it was it was a PBR because that was what I wanted to drink. Yeah. But uh, I ended up leaving the bar with her, and you know what night it was? <gasps> oh, girl! <laughs> yeah. Wow, that was quite yeah. the evening. It was like a I like wake up at like two a.m. and have like seventy three texts from Jill <laughs> describing where she is in that exact moment. <laughs> yeah, which has happened. As a result of your being at other lesbian bars in New York as well. Yeah, it it, it happens. Gingerous comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's another lesbian bar. Gingerous. It's so interesting to compare the vibes in different lesbian I bars. Always, I love Gingerous, but it's like, it's in Brooklyn and Henrietta's on Cubbyholer in New York. But not that like I ever go to... I, the only time I go to Henrietta's is during L Word Trivia and or if Betty is play, performing. Yeah, well, I I love one of the DJs there, DJ Tika Masala. Oh yeah, no doubt. So I'll I'll head over every now and then to catch to catch a set because she's the best. Yeah, um, but uh, gingers, gingers. I go to every now and then because I, I I don't live too far and uh, and I, I've I've lived nearby in different in different different parts of where I've lived have all been. Ginger's adjacent, I suppose. Ginger's adjacent. Yeah, so I, I have found myself at Ginger's. Like, sometimes I'll just be riding my bike home from work, and Ginger's is right on the it'll way home. It'll just appear. So it'll be like a beautiful sunny day, and I think, you know what? Let me just stop, have a beer in the backyard of Ginger's, which is a thing that's great what? about Ginger's is that they have a backyard. You can smoke cigarettes in it if that's your thing. Cubbyhole does not have a backyard. Cubbyhole barely has, like... A cubby bar. Barely, yeah, is barely a cubby, cubby hole. Is, is a hallway. <laughs> it's with, like with a half booze, a cubby hole. But it's we great it. and we love yeah. it. Oh, that's what I was going to say. I feel like we might be jumping around and I'm sorry, but maybe I'm not. I don't know. No, I think it's fine. One of the things I love about cubby hole and one of the things I think is really done right, and it's the ceiling. Oh, well, well that, of course. I Okay. But I'm talking about, like, let's say you're a, a timid new dyke. Yes. And and who hasn't been at one point or another? And and you walk in, and there's this vibe, and it's only on certain nights. And I'm gonna get to like the common thread of these nights. And uh, it's you walk in, and you just have a feeling of kind of like camaraderie and family, and it's just you know good vibes is all I can say. Yeah, and it's due to Debbie. Yes. Like, I feel we like... We can't have a discussion about dive bars without bring, bringing up Debbie. And, like, I, I don't... I can't really understate how important, like, she has been because, like, 
I was thinking like, you know, some of our best nights there where you just, you know, where you just feel yeah. like everyone is like, everyone's in it together. Everyone's totally. feeling good. And she's really, really good at like. She's instrumental. Yeah. In at like curating that vibe. And yes. like, I can see how like a newbie dyke would walk into the bar and like. Just feel enfolded. Yeah. And, and depend. Yes. And in the safe and loving arms of Debbie Greenberg. And yeah. all of Cubby Hall. Shout out for sure. Shout out to Debbie. We fucking miss you so much. What was I going to say about Debbie? Oh, I mean, she has made like our group of friends feel like we have a home there, you know? Mm-hmm. And in a way that is like, I think, so valuable to us and like cherished by all of us um, and has made like such a difference to us in our lives and made us feel so special. She just has a way of making everybody feel like special and like wanted. Yeah, yeah. Included, yeah. Yeah. So I remember one of the questions, I I kind of just circled back, but feel free to take this in another direction also. Um, I know one of the questions that we got on our Instagram had to do with approaching women at Dyke Bars. Is that true? Yes. So we were talking about that before, but yes, I think it's an interesting one to circle back to. Yeah, I like... Because I was just talking about how I was approached. Yes. And it was very, I, I don't want to say aggressive, but assertive, it was forward, assertive. Direct. Assertive is a good one. Yeah. And I think that's not, that's not a bad thing because you're at a no. lesbian bar. So either. People are like looking to get picked up. Yeah. Like in the instances when I have like taken an action that was, didn't necessarily feel like natural or comfortable to me are instances where, like, something in my life changed, you know? Yeah. Because you sort of, like, disrupt the status quo of, like, what your night could be. You're, like, you're an agent in shaping it. (laughs) Which I think, I mean, like, with regard to, like, I don't know, trying to hook up or, like, trying to meet a new person, I think a lot of people are averse to doing that. Like, you're just content to, like, settle back and, like, not go up and approach people. But people who do that are fascinating to me and like the instances when I've like kind of done something like that not in that like specific circumstance it's like I always look back on them in retrospect and I'm like damn well like I'm glad I like went outside of my comfort zone yeah I mean because the worst that's going to happen is someone's just going to be like no I have a girlfriend or like oh no I'm just here with my friends yeah Thank you. and they're like, gonna like be nice about it probably yeah I mean I know I try to be and if they're not, then like you, your ass just dodged a bullet and like fuck them anyway. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you're safer approaching a woman at a at a dyke bar than you would be anywhere else. And for I think sure. Also, like, you know, it doesn't have to be about just like walking right up to someone and like being that assertive. But you can just kind of like, you know, everyone's in the same space. You're kind of all sharing an experience to a certain extent. Yes. So I don't think there's anything wrong with like you overhear someone say something funny and you laugh and like say, oh, you know, there's it, there's there's something you can contribute to that conversation. So you'll just start contributing to that conversation. Sure. And it's a really quick way to get an in to just start like befriending people and then, you know, seeing what's up. Like that's mm-hmm. what I found that happens so many times where like another time I was at Cubbyhole, I... I was by myself and I don't even remember what happened. I got to talking to like one one girl and then some other girl and it was like four of us who had all come by ourselves that like ended up becoming a little group that was all chatting with each other, having a good time. And like there was definitely an element of like who's checking out who, mm-hmm. who's who's going to try and hook up with who. Yeah. And it was it was kind of cool to just like 
A, watch, but B, be a part of. Yeah. And like, I just love like all these weird serendipitous moments that I know. can happen in this very small space. Yes. There's like so much opportunity for serendipity. And I think, you know, I think the more like you tap into that and like, I think the more you make yourself open and available to people, like the more the universe kind of rewards you in general. And like, I just do. And like, yeah, it like feels scary and unnatural and weird, but you're probably not going to remember being like brushed off or like, you know, somebody worst case scenario is like, I'm not interested in talking to you, but like you will remember if you strike up a conversation with somebody who comes to be a big part of your life after. Yeah. So my advice to myself and to anybody else who is asking is like, it might be scary, but like just fucking do it. And the fact that it is scary is probably indicative of the fact that you should do it even more. Yeah. And my, my advice, which is like, Less action oriented than yours. Sure. <laughs> no, but my advice, I, because I, we're we're different people, yeah, we can exactly. have different advice, and I, I no support doubt. your advice. Is, I always support this your is, advice. This is supplemental advice. I this love isn't it. replacing advice. No I, I think always approach things with a playful attitude. Yeah. I, I, I feel like be, that's great advice. Just just be playful. Be you know fun. You know don't don't take yourself too seriously. Don't take the situation too seriously. Just be playful and fun. And if you know if they don't get it, then like screw them. Or I mean, or if they do get it, then and screw if they them. do get it, screw them. Yeah. <laughs> but, if yeah. they don't get it, screw them. And if they do get it, screw them. Yeah. The, this is this is our advice for for, for this you. evening. On, I hope on, that's on approaching women in tight clothes. Yeah. <laughs> that's how we do it, folks. Or you know, I mean, that's and, how I used to not do it. And if you're a hot, hot lady, come approach me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or like approach me and I'll just point to Jill. Yeah, I mean, unless you're approaching Leah to approach her, in which case she's taken. So again, direct all your hot friends to me. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what we're trying to say here. <laughs> I always feel like I moved to the city like a little too late. And that I missed out on like a number of, of lesbian bars that I've only only heard of spoken in, in, in lore. Le- yeah, in, in legend and lore, the days of yore. <laughs> the days of yore, I'm the heyday. I'm just so youthful that I, you know, missed out on, on that you don't know like, nothing about meow mix. Yeah, I remember I dated someone that like used to talk about meow mix, <clears throat> but that's such a good name for a lesbian bar. It was I, really it's perfect. Great. I know. Like, do you know where it was? No, I don't. We oh. should have looked this up. I can do it right now. <laughs> and I also believe, maybe I'm going to misrepresent information, but I don't think so, that Cubbyhole used to be somewhere else and then it moved. Like, it yeah. didn't always exist in that spot. Yeah, I know that's right. Thank God it survived. But yeah. Okay, Lower East Side, East Village. Oh, where? Where exactly? Lower East Side, East Village. I need the, I need the cross street. The, the address. I need to just envision it. <laughs> oh. Yeah, okay. It's, see, okay, now I'm finding all these, like, old articles. Excuse me as I Google uh, listeners. I see one About dated, the Amics? One dated August 2nd, 2006. And this what I... So I was talking to Leah. We were trying 2006? to... We were trying to come up with, like... We are like, oh, what are some old gay bar... Like, lesbian bars that have closed? And I was thinking, like, I... You know, I didn't go to a lot of them. And a couple I remember... I remember... I think there was one called Crazy Nannies. Uh, oh. But I never... That was in New York? Mm-hmm. Another really good name. Yeah. And, and so I was trying to think of one. 
And I said, I said, I, I could have sworn there was one called Cad- Caddyshack. And then I was like, no, no, that's, that's, that's not real. That's and, a movie. And, but no, but it is. It wasn't oh, real. It is. Yes. So I, I wasn't misremembering. So that's what I was, when I was looking up Meow Mix, I just found an article from 2006 that says Meow Mix to Caddyshack. This is in Oh my God. What was going on in 2006? Tell me. Oh, well, you know. Brooke Webster is best known as the owner of Meow Mix, the legendary Lower East Side lesbian watering hole that closed its doors in 2004, like literally the year I came out. damn it. That was the year after I graduated high school. Uh, Oh, God. I was deeply in the closet then. After a decade of playing host to hot female DJs, up-and-coming bands like Slater Kinney, and even the coming out press conference for Ellen DeGeneres and Anne Heche. Shut the fuck. Wait, Anne Heche had a coming out press conference? We have missed our era. Oh my god. <laughs> Her current venture, Caddyshack, a two-story pleasure dome for Brooklyn's lesbian ooh, hold a up, word that up. I pleasure will not dome. say. This is a dated fucking article. Holy shit. Oh shit. Yeah. Wow. Just to establish a timeline, though, she closed Meowmix and then opened, I was gonna call it the Pleasure Dome. Caddyshack. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I wanna start a party called the Pleasure Dome. Oh yeah. So, yeah, okay. That's... Anyway, what else happened? Tell oh. us everything. What was popping in the lesbian bar scene in 2006? Oh, I, I closed the article because I saw a, a slur that Damn that it. I guess wasn't seen as being a slur back then. And no, it I kind know. Of, it kind of threw me, so I closed that window. <laughs> Sorry. Out. Okay, well, if you want to find out, y'all know how. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, I, I asked someone who has lived here as a queer person longer than I have. Oh, I love I your see, resourcefulness. Yeah, I see uh, girls. Look at her with her iPhone, with- folks. <laughs> pulling up facts, figures, tidbits left and right. Oh, yeah. I talked about my shitty old, like, slate and, and like, stone You haven't updated phone. the people. Yeah. So I, I now have an iPhone. So, you know, send me some tasteful nudes. Um, or don't. I mean, I don't really need them. Yeah. Or do. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, slide into the Send me some untasteful nudes. Yes. Uh, Send whatever kind of nudes you want. Girl's Room, which was on Pitt Street in the Lower East Side. But I also love that it says... Girl's Room. Less. You know. (laughs) Um, Boys... Oh, maybe Boys Room, which I think used to have Snatch Party... I thought you were going to say snacks. I was like, oh, I'm so pissed at clothes. <laughs> yeah, listen up, lesbian bars. We need some more snacks. We need some more snacks. Um, yeah, what the fuck is up with the absence of snacks? So when like, I open yes, the Pleasure Dome. pizza, but like, get a fryolator or something. Yeah, get, get us a some fucking tots. fryolator license. Yeah. Please. <laughs> Meow Mix, which we mentioned. Starlight on Avenue A. I'm unfamiliar with that. Yes, as as am I. Just the fact that I'm reading all but of these. So and re- there's so many. It's devastating. And like the fact. What happened? Everyone got like, what? Everyone, everyone died and got know, married. Got, got married. Got, yeah, got cell phones. relationship. What's that? Okay, like I feel like we can have a Dyke Bar episode with bringing out, without bringing up that ancient problematic trope is that the reason there are so few of them mm. is because like. Once a lesbian like meets a girlfriend, they stop going out. Yeah, they they like become domestic and they're they're nesting. They're permanent, permanently nesting until she lesbian bed death hits. So, yeah, no. no, it's fine. You're good. You're good. I think. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, yeah. when are we going to Cubby Hall next? No, for, uh, tomorrow, Thursday. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, perfect. All right, 
Don't worry. Don't worry. Leah's not there. No, I'm cool. Yeah, she is. Balance is important. Yeah, I don't worry about you. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, everyone anyway. else, because y'all's fucking, no, I'm just kidding. I yeah, think that's problematic. Yeah. But maybe there's some truth to it. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know if there's truth to it or not, but I, that's certainly the trope of, like, lesbians, yes. like, you know, they... they they go to the bars, find their person, and then just drop off the face of the earth, girlfriend <laughs> island, until the other trope of lesbian bed forever. death sits in, fit, sets in, sits in. I don't know what I'm talking about. But, you know, yeah. the, the L, LBD happens. The LBD, no. And then the breakup happens. And then Does that happen to round everyone? Around, around. No, of no, course it doesn't. So no, it's a, it's, it's a trope, but it's a stupid trope. And it's actually one I take issue with because it's not a lesbian thing. It's an... Everyone yeah, thing. what about, I guess for like straight people, that's just called marriage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. And it happens with gay men too. I, I like. Yeah. It happens with humans. It happens and it's when shitty you are with I think, somebody for a while. Like yeah. you have to find find new and exciting ways to connect with Yeah, you have to important. actively keep this that part. This has shifted gears, but it's true. Yeah, I don't, I, you know, I think it's important to talk about. Me like, too. It's, it's something that kind of gets under my skin yeah. because it's another way to like desexualize lesbians yes. and make them seem, you know, like. It's not just lesbians. Any couple that pair bonds like that, that's like in like a long committed relationship, like the sex dies down. It does almost all the time. And it's up to the couple to make sure that like that doesn't happen. I mean, are you going to be like fucking the way you were fucking when like, you know, the first like six months to a year you were together? Probably not. But like, it doesn't mean you're going to have bed death. Like, it doesn't mean it's not going to be fun and fulfilling and awesome. So that's my soapbox moment. <laughs> I'm so glad you had it. I like wanted you to keep going. <laughs> oh, I thought you were giving me a look like, We can like, call okay, this like no. dyke bar slash lesbian, the problematic trope of lesbian bed death. Yeah. No, I, just, I like, no, yeah. You know, I know Go plen- off, plenty of people, gay, straight, men, women, yeah, neither. Who have experienced some fucking bed death. Yeah, so Fuck that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> may, may it never happen to any of us. Or if it does, like, you know. Yeah, like, push through it. There's always something on the other side of whatever it is the fuck you were experiencing. Yeah, and no I think shame. we could all do to, we're all human. to remember that. We're all human, yeah. Jill, I know you wanted to cover the topic before oh, right. we too far off course or <laughs> yeah, speak, take up hours of your time. Speaking of lesbian bed death, here's, here's uh, something not topic. related at all. Gay, um, gay adjacent bars. Yeah, so... You know, we're talking about all these bars that have closed and it's just like, damn, like there must have been some golden age where I could just like literally like lesbian bar hop. And, it, you know, now when I lesbian bar hop, it's like Cubbyhole, maybe like Henrietta Hudson and then maybe like Stonewall on a Friday upstairs yeah. and like that the party. Oh, you know, yeah, there. that is fun. They do have That's some like fun parties. The closest I can come to lesbian bar hopping. And it is a fun night to do that. Yeah, I that's a say. good circuit. But I'm I'm just imagining There's also like, that place on like all on like Tenth Avenue and Fourteenth Street, the Rusty Anchor or something. What the fuck is the name of that place? Okay, so that Rusty is that, not. So is that a gay adjacent bar? Yeah, that's a gay adjacent bar. Perfect. Yeah. So yeah, so we were gonna talk about gay adjacent bars because there are those bars where it's not just like a space where the woods, for example, where it's like Wednesday night has that party. You know, right. it's a bar where like it kind of. You can go in any night of the week and it feels like a gay bar. And like they might have parties there and several of them are queer themed. Right. And and like they're just a lot of the a lot of the customers that go there are queer. Right. And a lot of the, you know, bartenders are queer. It's just it's not an official queer bar, 
but it, it, it feels queer. And I, I call them gay adjacent bars. Uh-huh. And sometimes they turn into gay bars, which is always fascinating to see. Like, like One Last Shag, it started as Sweet Revenge. And it was not I a gay bar. I remember that. I, I mean, remember when it was Sweet Revenge. Rest in peace, One Last Shag. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it started as Sweet Revenge, and then it was One Last Shag. And it wasn't a gay bar. And I went to there, but they had like a ton of queer parties. And then it just kind of like came out. They found their like demographic and then yeah. just like catered to them directly. Yeah, and I loved going there. And I would have more, I hate to say like success, but like, you know, more, more fun times and like, I guess, yeah, success. If, if 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 I went out with the aim to like make out with like yeah. a hot girl, like I oftentimes would be more successful at that place. Night or, of joy. What what was it called? Uh, one last shag. One last shag. Yeah. I always confuse them because they're both phrases. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Like I had so many great nights at that bar, and like every time I would go, it would be like, oh, look at all these queer women yeah. like this is great and it happened that bar at blackout in greenpoint was I like that there, like really randomly with like this random ass roommate i had in bushwick on a new year's eve when apparently like what a sad moment in my life there was no one else around i was spending it with like this weird like chick named amy <laughs> <laughs> if you seek amy <laughs> but we went to that bar and like well yada 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 <laughs> <laughs> you yada over the best part <laughs> i like it was fun. Uh, okay. And there's that story. <laughs> and there's that story. <laughs> not with Amy. It was not fun with Amy. Gotcha. It was fun with someone else. Yeah. Gotcha. You eat some uh, who, who I'm not there. Delicious frozen organic meals with Amy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, Blackout Bar. Yeah, Blackout Bar was another where it was like... <laughs> Gay adjacent, and then like maybe came out was was I don't even know if it was ever was the other one Veron- Veronica People's Club that was another one in in Greenpoint. That, Game sounds, like point sh- that sounds like a show on Nickelodeon. Like <laughs> it was a Heather's reference. Funny because I'm wearing my big fun oh, shirt was? tonight. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, I'm naming ones that have closed, which is kind of sad because I'm like, oh, all these what gay bars closed. Thank God for gay adjacent bar ones. Bar back at it has also had a kind of a nautical theme. Isn't it like Prospect Heights. I'm thinking Shit, branded was, saloon, but that's well, not a no, nautical that's theme. Like, yeah, that's that's a, and that's not a gay adjacent bar. That's a straight up gay bar. Yeah. Damn, I love branded saloon. They have delicious. If anybody here is from Wisconsin and is now living in New York, <laughs> uh, cheese curds, fried cheese curds. Go get you Ooh. some fries, cheese, fried cheese curds at branded saloon. Well, I Shit, I wonder about like it, I think. It's it's easier for there to be a gay adjacent bar in a city like New York City because there are many 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 queers. Yeah, and so I wonder I wonder bars. about gay adjacent bars in other cities, and I would like to hear from anyone who does not live in New York City. Like, are are there gay adjacent or other... are they gay specific? Yeah, like that's like, interesting question. Because I know I know there are like. In, in small towns, there will be, like, a gay bar, mm-hmm. and it's, like, for everyone, and it's, like, you know, off the beaten path. And then I think, you know, in larger cities, there might be, like, a couple gay bars and, you know, no lesbian bars. And then the, maybe the Tuesday night, like, queer party that, yeah. like, lesbians and, and, you know, everyone goes to. Sure. Um, but I wonder about the existence of gay adjacent bars. And if they exist in New York, I'm sure they exist in That's other big cities that attract question. queers like Portland or San Francisco or There's Oakland. There's just or, like room or for maybe adjacency. Austin, possibly. Yeah, but I wonder like the smaller you get, like how many gay adjacent bars I there love are. That. Because I, I love a good gay adjacent bar. 
But it's always a crapshoot because it's not a gay bar. It's a gay adjacent bar. So there will be straights there. You know, you yeah, will go you there. Yeah, you just have to expect and, it. You and there are, there are some off nights when you walk in and you immediately turn around and walk out. It's, you know what? It's interesting. When I was going on Tinder dates back in the day... Um, I used to love going to gay adjacent bars with Tinder dates because like going to a place like Cubbyhole, if you're like on a Tinder date for the first time, is so fucking intimidating. Oh, it's and then, fraught. Like, yeah, it's fraught with like danger. And then going to a straight people place is like fraught with a different kind of danger. Yeah. So like they occupy like a really nice sort of like middle ground, you know? Yeah. Like, they're like a nice shaded area in the Venn diagram. Yeah, good, I never thought dates. about that. But I have... I have- Gone on good for plenty like of first dates. dates. Yeah, yeah, a good first date, <clears throat> and it's like the looks you get, you know, because you're you. There will be at least one other queer there. You There'll know? be like looks of like appreciation, mm-hmm. not like I don't know what looks one. Oh would yeah, get at I mean, Hall. I've gone on like first dates at like in- incredibly straight bars, and it's always just like, oh god, here it's I like am. yeah, right, like, yeah. <laughs> As if this wasn't like enough of what it already is. Like yeah. now there's this layer. I mean, it's fine. I don't care, but it's it's more funny. Than and anything we can't else. even complain because like we live here with so much opportunity. Oh my god. Where do other where do where do y'all go on dates? Yeah. Actually, let us know. It like they probably go to places that aren't bars, which is like. Probably better and more creative. Like, it's just so yeah. easy. Like, I feel like totally. bars in New York City is just the default for any type of socialization. And no one has to drive home. Yeah, like, we all have small apartments. You just lubricate so, yourselves like, on into those sheets or whatever it is okay. that y'all do. You just, know, socially lubricate yourself. glide into those sheets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> PBR glide into those Don't sheets. mind if I do. You know? <laughs> Maybe this is an interesting way to close out the episode. I think if I was like a gay person living not in New York, like living in a suburb, I would go to, I would take my date to Chili's. <laughs> I mean, I'm not against that, that like idea. That's a good place to be all... anonymous. I don't know. They have like big booths, like frozen <laughs> I drinks. Say big boobs. I no, was like, frozen no, drinks. that's Hooters, girl. It's like, it, it feels comfortable for everybody, you know? Oh, okay. It's just like extremely generic in a way that's like perhaps, I don't know, anesthetizing. Okay. <laughs> or right. soothing on a date. I could just like, I just had a flash of myself as like, I don't know, God forbid, no offense, but if I was still living in Coventry, Rhode Island, I was like, where the fuck would I take a date? There's obviously not a anything resembling a gay bar in Coventry, Rhode Island, and let's presume I don't have a car to drive to Providence, I would go to Chili's. (laughs) (laughs) And that's that. Happy Pride. (laughs) (laughs) Leah wants her baby back ribs. Make a note of it. (laughs) If you see me out and about. I'm like, Leah's girlfriend, if you're listening, I won't name check. I just went to Chili's with her when we were in Texas. <laughs> so it's which on is your maybe mind. Why okay. it's on my mind. All right, all right, all right. I'm, like, I'm speaking from experience. I'm like, we were in a small from? Texas town and we hit the fuck up that Chili's. Okay. You best believe, girl. Well, I'll I'll give it a whirl with you know, whoever I go on a date. Are there? I don't know. In no. closing, yeah. <laughs> yes. That's my advice to you. All right, everyone. Go to Chili's. When in doubt, take them to Chili's. You make Chili's a dike bar. <laughs> you make Chili's a dike bar. Oh, you take shit. back Chili's for your damn selves. Dike bar takeover. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like, I was thinking about dike, dike bar takeover this whole time, but like 
didn't know how to introduce it as a topic, but yeah, <laughs> we, we lied. This episode isn't over because really quickly we want to talk about Dyke Bar Takeover. And the even concept of Dyke Bar Takeover is a party that takes over other bars and makes them Dyke Bars for one night. Yeah, so we're going to do that at Chili. No. Dyke <laughs> Bar Takeover, if the people who run that are listening, we, we have an idea for you. We're going to flash Dyke Bar, Dyke Bar Flash Mob at Chili's. <laughs> and now we can close up the episode. And on that note, happy Pride. <laughs> we hope to be back actually um, very soon in a couple of weeks with um, a, a, a more Pride-centric episode. But we hope you enjoy this. And this we- was the warm-up. Yeah, this was this was the warm up, and uh, we'll be back soon. And anything you want us to talk about? Questions? We'll, we'll try and give you the theme ahead of time. So if you, if there's anything you want to totally. know, or just like write in and tell us stuff, ask us stuff. Yeah, bring we want topics. We love hearing from. Yeah, you. we would love to hear from you. Any questions? Any comments? Uh, I mean, you know, don't read the comments, but we'll read your comments. Yeah, we'll read your comments. Y'all are the best. Thank you for listening. Happy June, happy summer, happy Pride. And as always, lesbians are miracles. miracles.